What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, your weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 4, for the week of September 30th, 2019. Hope you all are having a fantastic week. Uh, just starting off and had a great, great weekend. Uh, I had a great weekend, very busy weekend, going to a wedding, out visiting family, uh, but it was a good one. So happy to uh, happy to have have done it, uh, despite not uh, not spending a ton of it at home. Around the Meek household in this past week, we have been getting into uh, the new Zelda game that came out. So new in air quotes because it is a remake of a Game Boy game. If you haven't heard, this is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And this was a game that was on Game Boy. They did a remastered version on Game Boy Color. And it's probably one of the Zelda games that a lot of people haven't played because it was handheld only. Uh, But it is quite, quite good. Um, It's one of those classic, you know, kind of 2D isometric Zelda games. And this remake specifically is is super cute. They they take a very uh, toy look to it, like kind of this, like, everything looks like kind of handmade and kind of toy-based. Really, really gorgeous. They have added enough to the game to make it a little bit more approachable than maybe it was before. And it's this fun, cute little Zelda adventure. Exactly what you expect and what you want out of a Zelda. Um, going through collecting things from dungeons and beating dungeons and just kind of like exploring the world of Zelda. Uh, it is a quite delightful little game. There are a couple negatives, however, though, and the first being performance issues. This is very un-Nintendo, but when you're outside in the game, in the, in the, in the game world, the frame rate, which is around 60 it appears when you're in buildings, drops to like below 30 frames per second. And if you're not a super techie person and don't know exactly what that means, the game looks very choppy. Um, the you, you can start to see the frames as they go along. It's not quite smooth as, as you would imagine. And it's pretty jarring. Um, it's something you can kind of overlook because the game's fun and because the game's cute. Um, but it's, it's certainly a little concerning. You wouldn't expect that a game like this would really... Uh, be taxing the switch to its very limit Uh, but it certainly appears to be and on top of the performance issues the the game is is very frustratingly designed at spots and I think that this is um, coming from it being a a, such an old game it was a game that came out such a long time ago game design has really changed a lot over the years and they they've made it nicer in some spots here and there and they kind of prod you in the right direction I think a bit more than they did in the original but there are a few points where like big big puzzle elements happen that are just things that you would never figure out on your own without like kind of pounding your head against it for hours um, that that we literally just had to look up to figure out what to do next those are things that you know they I think I think that that they would design around in, in today's games they would figure out how to kind of nudge you where to go next as far as puzzles go and kind of in that same vein, there are, are certain rocks that can get pushed, but there are other rocks that look identical to those that you can't. So little things like that that, you know, I think there are 
subtle design things we've learned since Link's Awakening first came out that have improved things like that and kind of made things a bit more streamlined for players. So if you are looking for that super old school approach to gaming, then Link's Awakening is for you. If you're not, if you're kind of more used to modern game design as I am, just know that going in. There's going to be, uh, despite all the like, you know, new look of the game, there is a little bit of kind of underlying old school game design in there, which isn't all necessarily so bad. So that's kind of what I've been, I've been doing this week. Uh, let's jump into the news of the week without further ado. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. So the first thing that I want to touch on this week is Nintendo finally fully unveiling Ring Fit Adventure, which if you remember we talked about uh, a little bit ago, Nintendo put out that video where you were slotting Joy-Cons into this weird ring-shaped peripheral. You were strapping a Joy-Con to your leg. And they just showed video of the people playing this game and kind of squeezing the ring and running in place. And we didn't know what the game was, but everyone speculated it was some sort of Wii Fit successor. You were exercising with your Nintendo Switch. Turns out it actually is that, but it's much more interesting than that. So the game... It's called Ring Fit Adventure, and it's coming out October 18th, so really, really soon, just just a a few weeks away here. It's going to be $79.99 for the game and the accessories. But unlike Wii Fit, where it's just kind of walking you through exercises and really focusing on the fitness aspect of it, Ring Fit Adventure is a fully featured role-playing game. Uh, you, You use the ring controller, but you use it to explore a world, to to have turn-based battles against enemies, and it's supposedly fully fleshed out. You are uh, finding ingredients to make smoothies for, for your character, you're leveling up, you're getting abilities, you're, as, as I said, battling monsters, um, you are collecting rewards that drop out of treasure chests. It is a full RPG that also happens to be a workout. So you do things like when you are doing the turn-based battles, you have to perform various exercises in order to execute the attacks. To run around the world, you kind of have to jog in place. And, you know, it, it all seems very smart. You have the the wheel kind of ring controller. The Joy-Con is right there. The Joy-Con has an infrared sensor that it can use to check your heart rate if you put your thumb over top of it. So you can kind of constantly monitor sort of what your heart rate is doing as you play in the game. And all of the enemies in the game are kind of fitness themed. Like there are like anthropomorphic kettlebells. Um, There are yoga mats that you are fighting. Uh, There's an an action called ab guard. Um, all, All these things in kind of this adventure are sort of fitness workout themed, but you are still playing an actual video game. So I think that this is a really, really interesting concept for Nintendo to take this uh, idea that they've been sort of working on for a long time of, of fitness as video game. And really, at this point, it's video game as fitness, and I think that that's a really key distinction. This is not a, a game you're going into of, I need to do my workout today, I better boot up my Nintendo Switch. I think they want you to think, I want to play Ring Fit Adventure. Guess I'm going to be doing a slight workout in order to do it. 
So really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see the full game come out and see what people actually think about it as a video game. So obviously it's going to have health benefits. You're doing a bit of a workout. Um, but I'm interested to see if the game is as as good and as fleshed out and as robust as it truly does seem like it will be. Um, during one of the, the demos I was reading about for Ring Fit Adventure, uh, one of the Nintendo reps estimated basically that if you play the game for like an hour a day, it'll take you months to finish this game. So it seems like there's a lot in there. Uh, and if you do want just the pure workout, you want to you get some reps in on your ring, there is an interesting feature in this game called multitasking where you power off your Nintendo Switch. So you go into multitasking mode and put your Switch to sleep. Then you can still use the, the ring controller to kind of do reps. So maybe you're walking around the house, maybe you're watching TV and kind of just mindlessly using it. You get credit for those reps when you boot the system back up. They go back into the game, you earn experience points. That is genius. I really love that. It's such a simple little thing, uh, but super, super cool. And I didn't even know that that was possible as far as the the Switch's uh, hardware and system goes. I didn't know that it could track things like that while it was in sleep mode. So, really cool, and I'm genuinely more excited about Ring Fit Adventure than I thought that I would be after seeing that initial video of the Ring controller. So, moving on with some more Nintendo news. Uh, not quite as positive as far as this piece of news goes. Mario Kart Tour came out on iOS, and kind of like all the previous Nintendo mobile games, it is kind of a disappointment. It it looks like Mario Kart, and when we talked about this when the game was first announced, the game looks like Mario Kart, it has all the Mario Kart characters, it seems like it's going to be there, and like, oh my gosh, how could this not be amazing? And then it just kind of trips over the finish line. So I've played it very briefly. It's not a game that I've put a ton of time into thus far. It just came out. But it it is it is lacking in a couple really, really huge ways. First of all, again, it's, it's touch-based, and they're not going the route of putting kind of a virtual uh, controller and buttons on the screen. So you control it by swiping the screen left and right to steer left and right, and tapping to throw items or swiping up or, or, or swiping back to throw items uh, in front of or behind you. Now, that doesn't sound awful until you realize that one of the key pieces of Mario Kart is being able to drift. And when you're first presented with the game, they, they, they ask you if you want to go into simple mode or drift mode. And drift mode is what they say is, quote, recommended Obviously, if you don't go into drift mode, you can't really drift. But what that uh, has you do is every time you steer, you get thrown into a drift. So unlike in regular Mario Kart, where I can steer like normal, or I can kind of jump myself into a drift, or I can do that kind of as I'm going, this is constant drift all the time. And sometimes that feels okay, you can kind of control it. But if you're driving, let's say, down a straight stretch and you need to kind of bump yourself over to the left to grab a pickup, there's no way to really do that, because as soon as you touch the direction to the left, you're going you're gonna to throw yourself into a giant drift, and probably wing yourself into the wall off to the left instead. 
So you can't do those slight adjustments, and since the gas is constantly being held down because there's no gas button, uh, it feels like you're sort of just flying through the track with wild abandon with very little control over where you actually are at any given point uh, in, in the width of the track, let's say. And even worse than that, it feels like it doesn't matter. You know, it feels like the complete lack of control you have in steering doesn't super matter because the game has this weird sense of just kind of playing itself. You you bounce off walls, it doesn't really slow you down too much, you kind of uh, get turned around sideways and it just kind of resets you back pretty quick. And, and, and I raced a, a game or two that were pretty terrible and I still came out not too bad in them. So... It, it kind of ends up feeling like I don't have a ton of agency over the outcome of the Mario Kart games like I do in regular full-fledged Mario Kart. You know, Mario Kart is a very skill-based game, knowing when to execute the drift and kind of how to cut the corners and things like that. And it feels like a lot of that is lacking here. Now, if the controls are something that you can get over in Mario Kart Tour, and I'm not certain that they are for me... You have to jump the next hurdle that always comes along with a Nintendo mobile game, and that is the kind of super bummer that is their monetization strategy. Everything in Mario Kart Tour is for sale, and you get it out of loot boxes. When you first boot up the game, they have you um, spin the virtual wheel, which is just basically pulling down a warp pipe, uh, that spits out a random rider. You don't, even, you don't even get to choose who your first rider is. And that's how everything happens in the game. All the carts, all the accessories, everything is all random. Uh, so it's constantly going to be presenting you with, hey, maybe you should buy this. Hey, maybe, maybe upgrade. Maybe buy some of our premium currency. It's always going to be there on the periphery. And even weirder from that is that they have a subscription service. So $4.99 a month, you can buy Mario Kart Tour's Gold Pass. Gold Pass is essentially a slap in the face, as far as I can tell. You unlock some gold-colored rewards, so they will give you uh, some gold things that you can add to your card or to your character or whatever. They will give you some additional challenges, I believe, and then also they unlock the 200cc racing mode. So if you've played Mario Kart at all, you know that you might start out at 50cc, 100cc is a little bit faster than that, 150cc is a little bit faster than that, and you eventually just get to 150cc, that's where most people want to be racing, because it's, it's where, you know, the most skill can be used, it's where you're driving the fastest, and, and you know, that's just where you want to play. So, they're adding this new super fast mode, 200cc, but the only way to get it is to pay them $5 a month. Not just $5 once, that would be somewhat reasonable. A $5 a month subscription fee. This entire mode is locked behind this subscription fee. Now, Compare this to the fact that you can have Nintendo's online Switch service for $20 a year, or something like, what, $3.99 a month, uh, to get a ton of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games on your Switch, or, even better of a direct comparison, 
Compare this to the recently launched Apple Arcade, which is also $4.99 a month, and gives you access to like a hundred different iOS games that you can play. Mario Kart's Gold Pass gives you access to some gold things and a single mode in Mario Kart Tour. It's bizarre. It's completely out of touch, and I, I can't believe it's a thing they're even offering. So that right off the bat puts a really, really bad taste in my mouth for Mario Kart Tour. Uh, and, and, you know, monetization stuff aside, we knew going in that it was going to have a lot of that kind of gross uh, stuff in it, the stuff that I'm increasingly, uh, I have no interest in, in participating in. I don't want to open loot boxes. I don't want to have to wait for things to open. I don't want to have to grind for for currency, anything along those lines. Uh, aside from all that stuff, I still I just don't think the game controls well. I don't think it's that fun to like feel like I'm affecting the 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 world of Mario Kart as as, as I race around. It's kind of a big miss. So that's super sad, but again, kind of par for the course, unfortunately, for Nintendo's mobile games. I'd love to see them turn this around. But this is the, what, fourth or fifth one they've come out with that just has not quite hit the mark. And that's uh, a real, real big bummer. And next up in some quick hit news, uh, MineCon, the live stream for MineCon happened this weekend. And Microsoft and Mojang announced some new information about Minecraft Earth uh, it's coming kind of sooner than I expected. So early access for Minecraft Earth will be in October in some countries. And the game will be released globally by the end of the year. We don't know which countries it will be coming out first for. But uh, Minecraft Earth will be a real playable thing um, in early access very, very soon. If you're not familiar what Minecraft Earth is, it's essentially Pokemon Go meets Minecraft. So it's on your phone. You are, it's, it's augmented reality. You're holding up your phone to the real world and you are, um, you're making Minecraft buildings and you're collecting blocks and you're, I guess, petting pigs and stuff. I don't know. In the real world with Minecraft overlaid on top of it. You know, as, as huge of a, um, as, as huge of a feature and sort of uh, cultural movement that Pokemon Go was when it first came out, Minecraft Earth could be just that big, if not bigger, and I'm really interested to see the full feature set, to see how seamless it is. The idea that I can go find a place in the real world and build something Minecraft uh, around it, on it, um, incorporate it into the, the design maybe... And then leave it there for other players to see and find. And then I can go and explore and find other players' creations in the real world. That's fascinating to me. I, I want to be a part of that. I think that's really, really cool. Now, it'll probably, again, still be the whole free-to-play nonsense and put real money in. And it'll probably push me away very quickly. But the, just the idea of being able to kind of be creative with other people in the real world spont spontaneously, I think is really, really cool. And, and kind of those concepts are what made Pokemon Go so interesting was it was kind of pulling people together in this communal experience that we were experiencing through the lens of our phones. So I have high hopes for Minecraft Earth. I really hope that um, all the kids of the world haven't moved on to Fortnite enough that 
they're not interested in Minecraft Earth anymore. Um, I hope hopefully Minecraft hasn't um, left the zeitgeist enough for people to not be interested in this game because I think it could be really, really cool. Um, and, and I hope that it's really, really cool. But we'll certainly get to find out soon enough as it goes into early access in October. And finally for news for today, uh, nerds around the world can breathe a sigh of relief as Sony and Walt Disney Studios have hugged and made up and they've come to an agreement over a third Spider-Man movie featuring Tom Holland meaning that, yes, Spider-Man is now back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This happened recently where word came out essentially that negotiations had broken down between Sony and Walt Disney Studios, and basically Sony was was taking Spider-Man and going home. They were no longer going to allow Marvel, uh, and specifically their, their president, Kevin Feige, to produce Spider-Man films. So that would have effectively removed Spider-Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and would have made it so we didn't have a third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. We didn't get this uh, fun trilogy of Spider-Man movies completed. And fans were incredibly sad about this. (coughs) Obviously, you know, the Spider-Man, this iteration of Spider-Man, Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man, is incredibly beloved. The movies have been really, really popular. Uh, And having Spider-Man finally in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is one of the most exciting things for fans of the MCU that has really happened. And Spider-Man was seemingly going to be a pretty big piece of the MCU going forward, as obviously it's it's shifting and changing in ways we don't even know yet. Um, But the third Spider-Man movie would have been a real linchpin of the next phase of the MCU. So fans were distraught when this news came out and everyone's going to be super happy that it's now resolved. I would imagine that the, the relationship between Sony and, and Walt Disney and, and Marvel specifically is going to stay a little tenuous. Obviously the deal is very weird. Uh, Sony, of course, has the movie rights to Spider-Man, and they've maintained that with the movies that they have produced. And they have big plans still for continued extended universe Spider-Man films. They, they, they're they still making Morbius the Living Vampire. They have sequels for Venom planned. Of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will no doubt continue. But they kind of leased Spider-Man out back to Marvel, which is, again, a super odd situation, being as Spider-Man is a Marvel property to begin with. That's just how this deal works. That's the the deal they, they inked in the first place, that Sony, as long as they continue to use the property, get full control over the Spider-Man property. So, again, tenuous. Everyone's super glad that they, that they worked it out. I would imagine that Sony saw, um, you know, it, it was a it was a, a game for Sony to lose. That they could have blown their entire profits up if they wanted to. They could have said no. They could have not played ball with Marvel, and just decided no. He's out of the MCU. We're making our own movies, and they have shown some success. Into the Spider Verse is is probably the best Spider Man the best Spider Man movie that has ever been made. However. Sony had to have realized that clearly 
letting this third Tom Holland movie get made and allowing Spider-Man to exist in the MCU also builds hype for their own Spider-Man movies and also earns them a ton of money as clearly the deal that's worked out shows that they get a little bit of that cut. We don't know exactly what that is. So, again, it was probably a lot more bark than Sony had bite, but they, they've they come to an agreement, everyone's super happy, and again, fans can rejoice, we will once again have more Spider-Man. And that's going to do it, folks, for Pretty Dece for this week. Thank you again for joining me for the show. I uh, hope you continue to enjoy these shows. If you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Just hit me up for sure. If you want to check out all the past episodes of Pretty Dece, head on over to prettydeceshow.com. It's where all the episodes get posted. You can find them all there. You can also find relevant links for Pretty Dece, including a link to the YouTube channel, which you can find by heading over to youtube.com slash and also links to my social media, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is at Pretty Dece Show. <laughs>